Top of the day, everyone. Welcome back to Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. I'm your host, Nisha, and this is my beautiful best friend and co-host. Buddha badass. So today we're gonna we're gonna get into the case, but I just have, you know, to vent a little bit. Okay. Because Buddha, how come every time we go somewhere we get told to keep the noise level down? Uh because we're too real for a man. Oh, we my are live in action. It's not but, so much that we get told to keep the noise down, is that we get we become entertainment. The people around us start enjoying it, and then the hater people start hissing. Yeah, you know, there's, there's always those old hag people that's wherever they at. They're acting like every place on the on the planet is a library. Yeah, you notice that because and I and I always wonder like who said that quiet was like the universal. Like I understand that there's some places that you have to be quiet if you're in school or you're doing a training that you have to sit down and listen. But if you're like just in a store or a restaurant, why do you have to be quiet? Girl, I don't get it either. I don't get yeah. it either. I feel like you know if you keep yourself to a respectful octave, yeah, you know, and seem to be a person that's enjoying yourself. If you have joy in your heart, let it out. You know what I mean? That's what I and, said too. It's infectious. It's infectious. Yeah, and I'm like, like Robin Williams, you can heal somebody. Right, and I would say like people always say keep the noise level down. How come nobody ever says turn the noise level up? How come nobody ever says that? Well, little John said that. <laughs> he really turned down that. for what is what yeah. he used to say in his proverbs. I um, love that. But you know, it was. But other than that. Like, no, like, I, I don't know. I don't know why people feel like it's always deemed quiet zone. Yeah, and I'm to the point to where, like, even when I'm in the grocery store, my family will tell me to be quiet because I'm too loud in the grocery store. And I'm like, well, is everyone going to magically forget what's on their list because I'm too loud in the grocery store? I don't get it. I mean, you are a loud laugher, though. Yeah. You, you are a <laughs> loud laugher. So that could probably be it, but I mean... I'm just saying, people, like, let let the fun, let the good times roll. Yeah, we don't want to all walk around like it's a library, right? Right, and this comes up because, you guys, we we almost got kicked out of Bingo Hall. Yeah, the, yeah we, we sure did. We tried to sit here and do something different and, get, and add some new festivities for our friendship, and... The bingo hall almost kicked us out. The old timers, yeah. the the the, the, yeah. uh, the regulars. I'm this like, one lady flexed on you, talking about how she was from Oakland and been there since like 1997 <laughs> or something like no, that. She's, she's like, I'm already, I've been here. Yeah. No, she said I've been coming here since 1978, and I was like, Oh, 78? Oh, like, yeah, we like, holy crap, what? lady. I said, Wait, this place has been open since 78 because this is only right. our second time here. Right? Like, didn't even know that building existed for that damn long. <laughs> Like, did they have concrete in 78? That's all I'm saying. Like, sheesh. And then she, so she's like, you guys need to be respectful of your neighbors. But the thing with bingo is, it's not just the, like, they you can't miss your number because they put it on the screen, too. So you can see your number. Like, yeah. I don't understand the big deal. Right? Like, like, you can see it. He says it. And it pops up on the screen. And yeah. there's, a, there's a window also is what they called it that we found out for the first time. Yeah. Because we still in there asking questions. Right. I don't know if people like us or hate us for us asking questions. But, you know, know. We be in there just asking away what, what bingo is this. Because it's not just grandma's bingo. Let me yeah. tell you that now, you guys. You're not just putting like three in a row and yelling out bingo no more. Those things, those days are over. Right. You know, so now that they got all this new stuff and some stuff is passing and some stuff is blocked out and Mm -hmm. some, you got to get three in one spot and three and two in one. (laughs) Like, girl, we was over here asking hella questions. Like, girl, what is this? And what does that mean? And how, what what game we on? Like, they got multiple games. They should now giving out funny names to them. 
A guys are walking around like a real casino selling numbers. Man. I didn't even know. I was like, bro, is this the fifties? I feel right. like, like a mafia member is gonna come out. I ain't never heard of nobody talking about like you want some numbers, wanna buy some numbers? Yeah. Yeah. Remember that like, was the what? same guy that was walking around talking about you wouldn't catch me dead plan bingo. Like why would you right. say I was that? like, So you need to walk the hell off with you hell you hating your job like that. <laughs> <laughs> go to the restroom with that crap, bro. He basically just called us losers, right? Bro, like all of us losing ourselves, losing our money. Like these are fools in here. <laughs> I never, like, bro. That's how he said you work it. here twelve hours a goddamn day. If you don't walk the hell on, oh my gosh. Well, that was eventful. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what happens because we go to bingo once a month, so we'll see what happens next month. Well, we're trying to do that. It is. It is we're trying to make it a new tradition. So we've gone two times. Yeah. Just to let the fans know, it's not like an actual official thing yet, but by this third time, if we ain't kicked out, we'll be trying to keep going. Yeah, we will. You know what? Because, yeah, and wish us luck on winning because we've lost. Bro, yeah. Can we get a VIP room or something like that where you pop bottles and have your own bingo party? I'd rather. Like, bro, you know, whether I call the numbers or not, motherfucker, you got my money. Who cares? (laughs) Who cares if I'm not making noise or not? Well, we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. The first thing before we, we get to, because you're reading the reviews this week. Okay, okay. But, yes, I am. But before we get to that, we have to get to the results of our poll and what we are officially calling our listeners. So I put oh, this, snap. Yeah. Okay. I, so I put this poll up on Instagram and it went for like 24 hours. And do you know what the new name is? I thought you, you probably should give them longer than 24 hours. Well, it was on the story. So I couldn't, like the stories disappear after 24 hours. So I didn't know how to make it longer. Oh. But yeah, on Instagram, the polls automatically disappear. Oh, okay. Okay, so what was the, what was the, yeah. what was the vote? So the vote was 55% Trash Pandas. 55%? That's, yeah. that's better than that. That's worse than right. I thought it would. I thought it would have like a landslide. Right. No, for, no, it was close. 45% was Hot Pandas, and then 55% was Trash Pandas. Wait a minute. We, we ended up with Trash Pandas? Yes, Trash Pandas. What? Yeah. I think you rigged the vote. Trump. I didn't rig, rig anything. I swear on everything. Fake news. I, I'm going to put it up there. Like 55% voted Trash Pandas. This is wild. Yeah. 55% of people voted to be called Trash Pandas. Yes. All and, right, man. It, well, hey. It is wonderful. So our listeners are Trash Pandas. Girl, I think this is wild. I'm trying to say Yeah. It <laughs> I want to check those numbers. Yeah. Who was the counter? Well, if you would get your ass on Instagram, you would have saw it like everybody Else, oh but, my goodness so i'm covert all right i don't need the government knowing me <laughs> anyways before we get into today, today's episode we are gonna read some reviews we have two reviews that we want to read out and today buddha is gonna read the reviews yes i am okay so the first one is from latoya we're gonna maybe give her a last name of b i think it's latanya i'm sorry latanya you're right latanya b I really love this podcast. You guys are a dynamic team and you make it sound so easy. Buddha is a whole fool. The only thing I have to say about the episode is why did they name him Napoleon? Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Latanya. Let me tell you, Latanya is a fairly new listener and she's so supportive and wonderful. Like mm-hmm. she loves us so much. And she's talking about episode five. Remember when we did Napoleon Beasley, the teenager that killed somebody and stole a car, didn't know how to drive it and got the death penalty. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember that. That one was fun. And they changed the death penalty laws for teenagers after that. But um, To be under the fry all of their butts? No, now you can't give death to anybody under 18. Because oh, yeah. he was 17 at that time. Oh, well, now, I don't know about that. That's yeah. that's close right there. If you're <laughs> 17 and a half and you're shooting people, You, yeah, I think you should get fried. <laughs> Green Mile style. We'll just wait six months. 
Well, <laughs> the crazy thing is, so I did, I looked in the research because that's a really powerful name. So I just don't know, like, why they named him Napoleon. You know why they named him Napoleon? I, Napoleon Bonaparte. Well, that's, that's why they it, named him. He was a little king. He was not that tall of a man. Well, yeah. And he, he thought he was the greatest. And he that's was, why he got named Napoleon. Okay, well, thank you for summing that up for us because he was, that was a very powerful name, Napoleon Beasley. And then I looked, his brother's name is Ireland Beasley. So they have, they like really know how to name their kids. I thought that was amazing. I mean, Ireland is the name of a country. Well, yeah. So I mean, but it that's sounds cute, like they like, love the 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 uh the colonization of eastern europe is what it sounds like (laughs) (laughs) they they idolized that time yeah well i bet they have a third child and they named william wallace oh hell no well i do want to say though that i did reach out you know because sometimes i'm able to like kind of find people and stuff like that and i reached out because i would love to have their family on for an interview i understand like because it was a very traumatic time so if they want their privacy i completely understand that but just know that they're really able and willing to come on because i would love to talk to them just about that but it looks like the mother passed away just recently so r.i.p to Mm, her you know so yeah but thank you so much latonya you are so awesome and thank you for listening thank you we really appreciate it yeah she says such good things about our podcast she's awesome the next one is from rose c and she says this was a great episode i love the way you guys broke down the story oh that was the satoya brown episode okay yeah she listened to the satoya brown and that one was awesome you remember that one right yes yeah she really enjoyed that one so thank you so much rose we love the fact that we're making you guys happy right and don't you want to give a shout out? Because with the fact that she's saying we, we break down the stories, mm-hmm. you do a lot of research and your girl does a lot of research as well. Yes. Thank you very much. So we so, said a shout out to her on the air. Yes. I want to shout out Tia because Tia does some of the research as well for the show. And it's just so awesome. Yeah. Th- I mean, I think it's like the second or third shout out we done gave to Tia. Yeah. Tia's over here trying to get her names in the credits. Yeah. Right. I'm just saying, <laughs> you'll get a bigger percentage for Tia. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> No, but shout out. She is a very. She's been one of the. She's been one of our biggest fans since the stuff got gotten rolling. And yeah, noticed, and biggest supporters. So big shout out to her. So the information that you guys do, and that's one of the things that I jumped in it with is mm-hmm. you got you do get pretty thorough and find out the information of stuff that I've never heard of, and a good amount of these things I purposely don't go and find out. I stop yeah. watching any murder mystery shows and all that, even cold cases. I, I don't watch none of it now, just so I can make sure. I'm fresh with this information when you give it to me. Oh, I love that. Well, I have a great case for us today. Okay. Remember I was telling you how, like, when I went to New Orleans, it's just a whole vibe, and I love it there, and I'm thinking about moving there, and I'm going to start trickling in some New Orleans cases. Mm-hmm. So I actually researched- And you're going to start talking with a Southern accent, I think you said. <laughs> Something like that. Well, I actually researched this whole case while I was in New Orleans, because I had put this case on the list, like, a long time ago, but when I was there, you know, it was a whole vibe, so I was sitting there researching, I talked to people about this case, and so we're going to be talking about Zach and Addie today. Okay. Now, Zach and Addie is... I love a- how you say it like we already know who that is. Like, Zach and Addie. Like, yeah. you talk about two co-workers at the job <laughs> you went to lunch with last weekend. Well, the reason I say that is because, actually, if we have any New Orleans listeners... With, this case is actually very familiar to them because this is a very famous case in New Orleans. So everywhere oh. I went in New Orleans, you can't go anywhere without hearing about the case of Zach and Addie. I mean, you'd be in McDonald's and people be talking about Zach and Addie. Zach and Addie, yeah. They were very, like, because there was people, I actually met people that actually knew them that was 
friends with them. You know, um, it was a very small community. And this case takes place shortly after Hurricane Katrina. Mm. So, and even like my tour guide, which I think he may be coming on to do an interview soon, but my, well, I had three tour guides, but one of my tour guides said, you know, you have to be careful, like what you say about Zach and Addie. And he was saying that to all of us because he said, you may offend somebody if you say something negative because there's people that knew her, there's people that knew him that's still here. And matter of fact, like one of my tour guides, he actually, you know, would see them around. Mm. And um, the funny uh, thing is my tour guide, Nico, he was telling me because uh, Addie used to work at this bar and my tour guide, he was like, he always thought she was so pretty and he wanted to like talk to her and holler at her. The only thing that turned him off, she was a chain smoker. Like she smoked so much. Right. Mm. And he was like, if I would have just like hollered at her, this story would have played out a little bit differently because maybe, you know, we would have been involved. She's still been killing on something. No, or she would have still been alive because spoiler alert, unfortunately, Addie is no longer with us. Oh, so, so oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I mean, if you had it, brace yourself, Louisiana girl. Like, yeah. I don't sit here and boy. Because you know, I, I do. I do know the I, yeah the know ya. I appreciate Juve. I was listening to that back in the day. I was just listening to that like about like a couple of days ago, bringing back some Juvenile. Really? Yes. I just got some, he's he was good, man. Mm-hmm. Juve had that feel. It's it's hard to it's hard to describe yeah. the Juve feel. The point is, is that I am controversial. I'm loud. I'm crazy. I'm a little different. I am kind of opinionated, like everybody of America. Mm-hmm. So I'm not doing it to offend. But I'm trying to just give the truth of realness of what I think of my perspective of what's going on with the mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. brace yourself, Louise, if I'm sitting here saying something bad about one of these people. Yeah, because, you know, Buddha's always going to keep it real here. Girl, I'm wild. I was just born that way. Well, the, the crazy thing is, I think I told you, Buddha, that I went to... So Zach and Addie's apartment, they lived in an apartment that was upstairs. It's actually a museum now. So when I was there, I took the tour of the house where all this went down, mm-hmm. and um, I'm actually going to post pictures on the on the Instagram because this place is so it's a cute little like museum. Like you can go in there now, and then upstairs is their apartment, and it's the same landlord that actually owns this place, and he still owns the place. Yeah, he's still yeah mm-hmm. he's still mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So when you hear about mm-hmm. what happens, yeah, that's how you turn a real estate crisis into profit. <laughs> So I'm going to get into it. But you see how like, you see how like close this is? Like people are still alive. People still knew them. I was able to actually speak to the lady that, you know, knew about them and knew what happened and, you know, knew them. Because they was only in that apartment for like five days before all this shit went down. Good God. But it's still known as their apartment just because of what happened there. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, let's get into the depths of how five days made it their apartment forever. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Right. So I'm going to talk about Zach first. So Zach Bowen, he was born May 25th, 1978. His parents' name is Zach Sr. and Lori Bowen. He had an older brother named Jed. And so they were kind of, they were a family that they would always take road trips. You know, they have this little VW bus. They like to go camping a lot and they would, you know, move all over the place. You know, they just like to do stuff like that. And, you know, the marriage was on and off between Lori and Zach, but eventually, you know, Lori left him and she moved to California. They She moved from Washington because they was in Washington and, you know, she went to California. Now, 
everyone said that like Zach was a really friendly guy. He was really nice. He liked to drink a lot. He was really goofy, but he was quiet as well. I don't know if you guys have met those types that's like really popular in school, but they can be crazy, but they have their quiet times as well. You they're know? Usually, yeah, those are usually the really cool people. Yeah. It's hard to pull off being quietly mysterious, but being funny at the same time. Yeah. It's a hard thing to pull off. So Zach gets in high school and one of the things that really devastated him early on is that he ran for homecoming queen king and he lost. Mm. So that, and it was said by family and friends that that's something he just never got over because this is, yeah, this is the start of, you know, him feeling like he was not good enough. You'll see is throughout he Al this- Bundy now. <laughs> Folks do not live their greatest days in high school. In high school, right? Because let me tell you, what you graduate high school if you're on average eighteen at the max, nineteen years old. That Lord blessed us with saying, even in the scriptures, we promise those who get their actual promise of yeah. eighty-two years. So of him watching over you and being that, so that means that is less than a fourth of your life, and it only you only spend four years in there. Yeah, so you don't spend that entire time. Let's oh, keep that in right. perspective too, you guys. And you know what? And so I that, was nominated homecoming queen, and I didn't win, but I was fine. Right? Yeah. So you talk about then it is less than a fraction of the four. You talk about one to five percent of an entire lifespan. Yeah. That mm-hmm. you are gonna be having that you're basing your life off of. Right. Yeah. Don't do that, you guys. No, do not. So basically, you know, after this happened, though, Zach's grades started dropping. And so he actually dropped out of school and he moved back in with his dad and with his dad in Washington. So his dad stayed in Washington and he moved back. So then his dad was like, we're going to move to New Orleans, you know. And so him and Zach ends up moving to New Orleans. And so this is where everything is going to go down. You know what I mean? This is absolutely crazy. I mean, it must go fast for you to give me this full warning here. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I, the, the, speaking of warning, so we're not going to do stupidest part of the crime. Oh, you come out of that. We hear no, the ball. No, we're going we're gonna to do it for all of the cases. I can't do stupid part of the crime because this is a murder-suicide case. So I'm just like, anytime there's like a murder-suicide, like there is no stupidest part of the crime because they didn't plan on getting caught because they're going to kill themselves anyway. I think that's stupid to kill yourself. That's the stupidest part of the crime. Okay, thanks, Buddha. Okay, well, we just did. Stupidest part of the crime. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so when he was 18 years old, he met this woman named Lana Tupac. And she was 28 years old. So she was like 10 years older than him. Tupac? No, Shupac. Okay. (laughs) They gotta copyright that one. (laughs) Oh, hell no. So she had been a stripper, but she wanted a different life. You know, she didn't want to do that anymore. And she actually met him on Bourbon Street. And he was like a vendor selling like these gold cups. It was like the whole thing where there was this um, shack and he was selling like cups out the window. And he was also a bartender as well. So because of that, she thought he was older than he actually was because he was a bartender, but he was only 18 years old. So she never really knew his age until they got into a relationship. I thought you legally can't work for a bar at yeah, like I was researching that. I don't know if maybe he like maybe gave a fake ID. I don't know how he was able to work at the bar because he wasn't 21 yet. Right. And I'm like, well, if you're going to be, you know, faking the ID at the bar, why when a lady come up, you're going to tell the truth? Like, girl, I'm right. 21. <laughs> hey, you better tell them that too. Right. So they start dating right away, you know, and she got pregnant with Jackson, which was their first child. But the age difference became a huge problem in their relationship, you know. How old was she? She was 28. And he was 18. Mm. 
Yeah. Get so, it, girl. Yeah. So he was too, he was totally scared to be a dad, you know, cause he was only 18 years old, but once she had the baby, you know, there was this immediate connection. So he immediately fell right into being a good dad, becoming focused. And then they got married, you know? So after they got married, she had their second child named a daughter named Lily. So this made him, you know, remember he had dropped out of high school, but after his kids came, he was like, he went back, he got his GED and then he joined the army because he was like, you know, being a bartender is not going to be enough for his family to live on. So he joined the army and in 2001, that's when the world, the war began. Cause everybody remembers, you know, non the nine 11 situation that happened. Mm-hmm. And so he ended up going on a tour to Baghdad and Cassava, but he became very depressed during this time because he lost a lot of people. He lost this young girl named Rachel and it was one of the only women like in his unit and she actually ended up getting murdered over there at 19 years old. So that was like his best friend. She got murdered. Killed in action. You're not murdered when you're at war. Okay. Well, she got killed in action then. So you don't, you don't say that they got murdered. There's not murder once it's war. There's a declaration that you got both the crimes actually agree that you're going to go out into this playing field and shoot at each other. Okay. Well, then she was killed in action, unfortunately for him. And then on top of that, so he didn't really know like a lot of the rules over there. So he gave a little girl some candy and then found out that she had been murdered killed in action over there for interacting with Americans. No, that little girl is murdered. Okay. She got murdered. <laughs> she got The soldiers don't get murdered uh, for fighting. Okay. They are killed in action. Oh, I know it's technicality. That's, te- that's the same yeah. thing with insurgents. Shit. You know. Okay. Well, then the little girl got murdered because... <laughs> but in technicality, you are doing an, what's called an invasion. Okay. Or trying to do a, a subsurgency. to okay. trying to... Uh, to calm down whatever thing that is happening or mm-hmm. incident, mm-hmm. that is where you guys are put into action and uh, you can be killed in action. You as a civilian uh-huh. can still be murdered. Even if you as a as a soldier, if they're not involved in the war mm-hmm. and you shoot them, that is murder. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Right. That's good. Okay. It's a, it's a hell of a lot of those little loopholes and rules. Yeah. Now, if you're a civilian and you pick up a gun, yeah. now you will be killed in action. Damn. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you propose a threat to the military and they had to respond. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, Buddha, for that. <laughs> <laughs> Watch so, a lot of these war movies, girl. Black Hawk Down. Right. So this made him depressed because, you know, unfortunately, he didn't know, but he was the cause of her being murdered, you know? Mm. So then... And the Middle Eastern countries do not, as a man, act, like interact with any woman. Yeah. Unless you are seriously trying oh, to like, right. be in their family. Yeah. So even though she was a little girl and he was giving her candy, don't do that. Don't do that. You don't re- interact with no woman, especially in a time of war. Oh, my gosh. Right. Oh, my gosh. And you were the opposing side. Come on, man. No, I don't care. I don't care. Unless she says that she's willingly coming over there for the paid of the profit of what she's doing. And even then, she's probably going to leave there and get killed. Mm-hmm. Don't. And if you care for the woman's life and you think you value anybody's life, don't interact with no female in the Middle East during wartime. Mm, they don't got rights like us. They right. will get killed. Damn. So then he made friends with this little Iraqi boy named Rashid. And, you know, it was really cute. Like, Zach would bring him, like, ice and, and Coca-Cola and stuff like that. Or, I'm sorry, the little boy would bring him ice and Coca-Cola because his family owned a little store okay. that was nearby. And, you know, Zach would teach him English and he really bonded with him and everything like that. But the next thing he knew, some insurgents actually blew up his store and killed the entire family. Yeah, they did. So... Because now yeah. you're plotting with the enemy. Yeah. How do you not see that? That's right. What, that's the, what's the epitome of called spy. 
Yeah. It's someone who's down for your side, but still live in your country. Oh, right. They so by him that. interacting with Zach, yeah. So you see how this is a running theme? Like, Zach is feeling like he's getting everybody killed. Right? Yeah. Go so. talk to somebody in Russia right now and see what happens if they don't, <laughs> if your, your pen pal don't come up missing. Oh, my gosh. Talk so about you, it, tell them how, be like, America's great, you should move here. That'll be the last time you talk to that person. Oh, no. So when you think you're being nice in other countries during wartime, don't do that. Well, yeah, just be aware. Just be aware because America has never really had war at its doorstep. Mm-hmm. The closest it's ever been was, you know, Hitler and the World War, and they had like submarines. I heard off the shore of of, of, of New York. Oh yeah, we stopped them in the ocean. That's like the closest we have ever been to actually having war in our actual country and on our land. Mm-hmm. So when you you go into the countries, it's not like oh the war's over here. Y'all just talk shit about it like over there, like mm-hmm. in the most other countries. It's usually in their doors. They're in their country currently oh, going on. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. People getting pulled out of their houses and shot because yeah. of being believed to be uh, uh, people that are sympathetic to, to the uh, of the, the non-allies. You know what I mean? Stuff oh, like yeah. that is happening currently. You're right. Well, so basically, you know, this made him even fall deeper into depression. Then he started getting PTSD. So everyone in the military thought that he was an amazing person. You know, he left the military, though, after failing a physical test on purpose because he just couldn't take it no more. And he just didn't want to see any more death, you Mm. know, but he left there and he started having mental health issues after this. So he left there with a general discharge and Lana, though, his wife was very upset about him quitting the military because plus they were having other issues as well. But she was like, you know, we have a family and you're quitting the military, who, which had good benefits. And he felt like she just wasn't understanding. Like I had to go because there was too much going on over there. So she left him and they ended up separating. She had to be brown. Uh, actually, she wasn't. No, could believe it or not. Really? <laughs> no. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm like somebody like that. It sounds like you got kind of washed into the money more than the relationship, mm-hmm. man. Right. Especially like if he was having mental health and stuff, like that should have been something. Right. That's yeah. something that you're more concerned about. Like, oh man, my guy's coming back talking to walls and yelling in his sleep. Yeah. But you're like, know. no, go back over there right now. Right. Go make I this didn't money. get paid. Yeah. <laughs> like, bro, like tell him to be a truck driver or something. Then, right. Like, sound like you didn't actually want to see him. You just wanted to see that paycheck. Right. So after, though, after they broke up, unfortunately, he became homeless for a little while and it was hard getting back on his feet. Now, in 2005, though, he started working at another bar and it was it was called Hogs Bar. And at that bar, because Zach, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Zach was actually a very attractive man. He was like super tall. He was like over six foot tall. But women loved him. Like women was very attracted to him, you know. So he became a ladies man at this bar. This is where he meets Addie Hall. Now, Addie is 29 years old at this point, and she moved to New Orleans from North Carolina. She was an artist, a poet, a dancer, a seamstress. She could make anything, you know, and she had moved to New Orleans and she lived in her car for a little while. And then she kind of couch surfed. She she was very bohemian, like, you know, bohemian. Is that what we're calling that? Yeah, she did what she wanted to do. You know, you ever met those bohemians? That's kind of like, you know, they kind of do what they want to do. I'm learning the word of what we're using, the new classification of the word bohemian. Yeah. You know, which you know, uh, like a, a classification of basically caveman, <laughs> but 
what is this new level of what we're using the bohemian now? Well, she had like a very bohemian vibe, you know, like she did what she wanted to do. She, um, you know, like I said, she couch surfed, she lived in her car, she was a chain smoker, but like she was very like free, you know, like she. she so the new thing instead of hippie is bohemian. I was just going to say that. I, I was just going to say hippie vibe. She had a very hippie vibe. And if you see her, she was a very pretty girl. She was very tiny, but she had a whole hippie vibe. Like, you okay. know, I mean? you would immediately be drawn to her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm about to try and use this in the sentence soon. Yeah. So don't be surprised if I just come out with some bohemian out of nowhere. Okay, yeah. That's the new lingo. Well, I like, and I, you know what? Like I'm, I'm jealous of people that's been able to be bohemians because I can't be a bohemian. You can't be a bohemian right now because I'm we have families. Of that. Really? I've always wanted Girl, to be free. I mean, just do but, what I want to do. Not in America. Go to another country. <laughs> Go to another country with that. What? Because not even using a bathroom is free in America, what? girl. What the hell are you talking about free? You know looked- who's free? The people who rich. Okay. That's who do what they want to do. Right. You see, you, right. look at look at look at um the uh, the two richest people in the doggone world talking about they about to fight each other in MMA, going oh off and doing gosh. training and stuff. That's free because you ain't got nothing else you want to do, and you can go train for UFC fighting. Never planning on fighting professionally <laughs> at all. Never plan on doing this yeah. again. But this another rich guy. Y'all call each other all the time, and y'all about to get paid, be on TV to just be fighting each other for no reason, right? For no damn reason. Oh, another example is those submarine guys. I went down to find the Titanic, and now they're gone. Like, did you hear about that? But, well, that was a tragedy, girl. That's that, not freedom. That was, dude, girl. there were billionaires that paid to go down there. Like, who pays to go see the Titanic? I mean, you don't. You don't. You I don't mean, that pay. is true. I will say that, that part. That, okay, that seat. is what you're saying. Yeah. That part is true freedom of seeing things and getting right. experiences and going places and <laughs> having to be carefree and laying around, yeah. you right. know, when you want to. I mean, Warren Buffett admits he eats, like, Dorito chips and, and a Snickers bar every damn day. Like and a, and a Coca-Cola. That's what he has for lunch every day. Oh, That's his no. freedom of what he chooses. Well, you I mean, go ask him to go out for lunch and take your ass to McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, you can't. If you if you bohemian, no the hell you can't. You can't afford no Doritos and, and, a, and a Coca-Cola. That's what I'm trying to tell you. A Snickers bar is three dollars in California. Well, who the fuck can't afford a Snickers bar? A Snickers bar is three dollars in California. Who the fuck can afford a Snickers bar? Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like we get that on special occasions. We work full time. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, a, and a bag of Doritos is three fifty now. What you yeah. talking about? You talking about that meal right? And a, and a soda is two fifty, almost three dollars. So that's ten dollars for it. For, for those three things, for uh, some chips, a soda, and a candy bar is ten dollars. Oh my! What bum you know just right? If they had ten dollars, they wouldn't be out there asking you for twenty five cents. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so every time we tell a bum no, we are denying him of his Snickers, Doritos, and Coke. Well, he, that's not what he's about to go get. But the <laughs> point is, is that, is that they got to raise up that enough money to be able to feed their dog. So that's why they're out there bugging. Mm, begging. Yeah. So to be like, oh, be bohemian and feel free, like, I, free ain't free. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. I was thinking about it more like, wouldn't you have loved to be in the 60s with the free love? Girl, right? Because I'm talking to you telling me now as a person that lived in a home and been a home owner for like five years and was like, girl, water ain't free. I found that out the hard way. Like, water ain't free? Yeah, water's not free, yeah. Girl, Mm -mm. so I'm telling you, free ain't free. Mm -mm. Hell no. It's cheap. (laughs) That's the best you can get. Okay, well... 
Okay, well, I will say... So take that to another country is what I'm saying. Be bohemian other places, but over here you're going to be just on other people's couches. That's how you got Freeze being on other people who's working. Oh, right. And that never Alone in the... What is it called? You have to depend on the services of others. Yeah. The yeah. kindness of others. There it is. Well, so Addie, like I said, she couch surfed. She smoked a lot of cigarettes. So her and Zach had that in common. They were both chain smokers. And just to veer off a little bit, when I went to their apartment, their stove, like you could actually pay homage to them. It's pretty cool. You could put like cigarettes. Everybody like was putting cigarettes on their chains. Like, cause it's sad that their spirits are still in that apartment. Oh yeah, so, it is. Yeah. So, so like you could. walking in there, getting a little bit. That's why I yeah. had to put sage on your butt when you came back. <laughs> Sage all up in my house. I'm be bringing them spirits up over here. <laughs> the spirit of Zach and Addie, but like seriously, they put like all over the apartment. You can like drop cigarettes and stuff because that's what they love. And it's... chains. Yeah. <laughs> to just... represent a chain smoker. Yeah. <laughs> you drop a chain in my house and see if I don't come back and haunt your ass. Oh hell no. Now, but now Addie, even though she was little and she could do a lot of stuff, she was the type of person that when she was drunk, she would have a horrible mouth and she would play on your weakness. Like she knew what would push your buttons and she would cuss you out. Like she had a horrible temper, you know, and this is what. Sounds like a beautiful person. (laughs) Now she had lots of friends, but you know, in 2003, before like she started working at the bar, they said she would get into a lot of bar fights. She she started doing coke. So this was thing. This was when her and Zach got into a relationship. They did a lot of drugs together. Is this the life you wish you had? Living on people's couch, doing cocaine, cussing people out and being drunk? No. I said, no, not to that level. I just want to be a bohemian with the flowers in my hair and stuff. That's all. Flowers in your hair is bohemian now. Yeah. Like, you don't remember in the 60s when they had the flowers crown? That's hippie. Yes. I'm talking about, because I'm just still getting over the literal word by in the dictionary what the word bohemian means. What do you And what you're describing... <laughs> with flowers in your hair and all they're like is this bohemian go ahead go ahead <laughs> so now she had been you know when she started working at the bar and stuff she had been in a lot of relationships in the past and they had been some of them have been abusive and she kind of wasn't looking for a relationship no more just because she had been through a lot so her thing was she just wanted to get drunk snort coke live life and be free like you know that's her But when she met Zach at the bar, because he was working at the same bar, at first she wasn't interested in him because she felt like, oh, he's too much of a frat boy, you know? But Zach was immediately intrigued by her. He was just like, she's the most beautiful. And he loved her lifestyle. He loved the fact that she was just free, carefree. She didn't care about anything. He loved that about her. And he felt like she was fun and artistic, which she was, because remember I said she knew how to make things and, you know... So he was able to finally win her over because what happened was he would work the shift before her at hers at the bar. And then when he would get off work, he would just stay her whole shift and just hang out with her off the clock and they would just talk. And so eventually she started liking him and they started dating in 2005. Mm. So right after they started dating is when Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. So everybody knows, hopefully everyone That's knows about it. That's been a bad time for yeah. you guys' relationship. Oh my gosh. But yeah, everybody knows, hopefully about New Orleans. I mean, yeah, you know, about Hurricane Katrina and stuff. I don't know, like, you know, how much everybody knows because we may have some millennial. No, millennials would know about it. It's Gen Z listeners that probably wouldn't know a lot about it. But Hurricane Katrina was like the worst thing that happened in New Orleans. Like there was a huge hurricane. All the levees broke. A lot of people had to be evacuated out of the whole entire city just because and I actually talked to one of my tour guides who actually lived through Hurricane Katrina and she was like it was absolutely horrible everyone lost
lost their houses. The houses wasn't rebuilt. And she said that it was terrible because they didn't know quite how to handle this crisis. So what they was doing was they were saying, okay, they were going to help only kids and older people. Like they was getting kind of like how they did on the Titanic, how they was like women and children first on the boats. Mm -hmm. Well, they was only evacuating kids and older people. So she told me that there was this lady that had a four day old baby and she was not allowed to go with her baby. She had to put her baby in the hands of an old lady that she didn't even know and like bust her off because they wasn't letting the mothers go with the kids because it was just kids and old people because they felt like those was the people that, that needed to be tough, saved. Tough, tough it, decision. Yeah, it was wild. But the mother had no choice because if she stayed back, she said there was no food, there was no water, there was nothing there. And this was a tough time. So eventually during this time, everybody was out, but there was a few people that decided to stay back during this apocalypse times. Yeah, I thought like, Louisiana, I thought that was going to become like the city of Atlantis. I did mm-hmm. not think that was ever coming back. Yeah, and well, even when I went out there, there's a lot of places that didn't come back. Like my tour guide was telling me that because every other house, there will be like this empty lot. She said, everywhere you see an empty lot at, that's houses that was never able to be rebuilt for whatever reason. And she was like, it was so interesting because she said there was a lot of people that had left their family, like they died, not in Hurricane Katrina, but before that. And let's say they left it to their kids, but the kids never officially like got on a deed it was just like okay my parents died and i live here well because of that the insurance wasn't covering them to fix that mm-hmm. house because mm-hmm. they was never officially on the deed so i was like there was so many things that i learned that that, I, that tells you register your car people yeah register your do car your, your house paperwork. do your paperwork because if you're in the house and your family member dies like yeah you know you assume that okay it's mine now but if you don't do your paperwork it's not shit i mean on, on some real stuff mm-hmm. if you don't do the paperwork technically on paper you're just a squatter oh yeah that whole time mm-hmm. so even though a police officer and you can verify and show them a picture mm-hmm. of yes this is my house but if there was actual incident that would actually really happen a heavy incident mm-hmm. and if you had to actually go to court that wouldn't put it in front of you mm. where you don't actually own this house mm-hmm. it's owned by a dead person mm-hmm. and now owes oh, this and this and that for whatever you know yeah. to reset it up for being over the deeds and the holder of yeah. the property that's why it's important to have like a will like you know what I mean you need to say I want my kids or grandkids or whoever to have this house and then put them on the house for in case right you or it says in reality TV get, keep and get your receipts mm-hmm. ask for them yeah and keep them mm-hmm. get receipts get paperwork yeah to say to verify the things that you're you're saying just mm-hmm. because your mom lived there doesn't make it yours yeah absolutely so I had, you know, mentioned that there was a little group of people that decided to stay back and Zach and Addie were part of this group of people. They was like, this is our home, New Orleans. I don't care that it's tore up. Like I'm staying, you know what I mean? And they refused to leave. Now, Lana, because remember, you know, Zach was still married, but, he, you know, they were separated. So he was with Addie now. She was taking the kids and she was evacuating. And she told him, like, you need to come with us. She said, I don't care. You can bring Addie with you, but it's not safe for you to just stay back here. Like, what are you staying back here for? He refused, like, to go. She thought he was being stupid, but she took the kids and left, you know. <clears throat> And, you know, the storm passed, but there was no electricity, there was no supplies, there was no running water, 
but they made themselves a survivalist camp. So, you know, they became like well-known people that wouldn't leave. And Zach and Addie, they became the king and queen of the people that wouldn't leave. They became in charge of these people. So what they would do is they would, you know, set mattresses on fire so they could have heat. They would cook food. They would, cause you know, there was nobody, there was nothing there and nobody there. So they was able to go into like the grocery stores. And people's houses. Yeah. And they would just take whatever supplies. So they actually was enjoying this. And remember they both worked at the bar. Nobody had to pay for anything. So they would just go in the bar and get whatever alcohol they wanted and they would be outside. So basically they did some bold escape stuff and was robbing and pillaging. Yeah. And they enjoyed their time. They doing did. They were the heroes mm-hmm. of the robbing and pillaging rural. Yeah, that's what they became. And mm-hmm. they would have sex outside. And enjoyed outside. their life. And yeah. just have sex outside. They would just have sex outside and, you know, everybody <laughs> So, I mean, of course, I, I quickly know my neighbors too who's having sex <laughs> in the front yard. Um, does this sound like they're becoming productive people with this? Well, you'll see what's gonna happen I'm, i mean like that doesn't sound like like once the law and the families and the homes and the, you know civilization comes back mm-hmm. you can't just be burning mattresses in the front yeah yard and, and having sex while children are walking down the street yeah so you'll you'll see that it, this you is see, gonna... like it, it doesn't sound like that's completely healthy yeah but you well, know, hey happy happy yeah, for you guys that, yeah right now they're in a happy ass relationship they're in a happy place yeah what I, see. I just would you describe what makes them happy as well i'm just yeah. like huh. <laughs> yeah huh and zach honestly quickly said addy is my soulmate he was like i've never met a woman like her before. well we can rob each other people's houses and stores and liquor stores and you yeah. know just sit around being drunk and burning mattresses burning laying on flags and having sex with them you know like Having sex with the flag, not with each other, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Like, that is lawless right there. So, basically, also, what they was doing, so what happened was the papers and the media started coming out and covering them, and I'll post, but a lot, they have a lot of pictures, you know, in the paper, because they, like I said, was the king and queen. Everybody knew them as the people that just would not leave after the hurricane, And so they were like, you know, they they became so close and bonded. Like they just, you know, they were so in love. And the crazy thing is, you know, they still wanted like the police protection just in case there was emergency. So Addie would actually, if police cars would come by, she would flash her tits at them so that they, so that they would keep coming by. To help out the community. So, yeah. That is giving back, girl. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for your service. But in answer to your question, they did become productive because they actually started cleaning up the mess from the hurricane. So they would like, you know, pick up all the trash and they would just try to do things for the community along with it the It sounds like a lot of the trash there. they put out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead. So they went everywhere together and you know Zach actually had to protect her because one time she was going into an abandoned grocery store to get food and some other people that didn't leave actually almost raped her. You know, so that became an issue, you know. That's why I said it was like some true borderland stuff. Mm-hmm. It's yep. not like, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. This is on some, have you ever played Borderlands, the video game? No. Or, Remember, uh, I haven't played Mad anything Max? since Pac-Man. Remember we yeah, talked girl, about Yeah, you are games. not, yeah, you're yeah. not hip. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> like, even seen Mad Max, like, the only thing that will, uh, the only thing missing from this whole scenario is Tina Turner rolling around with a mm-hmm. white guy with some shoulder pads. Oh, my like, God. Like, other than that, like, this is real lawless land for the fact that you guys are completely comfortable and falling in love. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's why it's like naming stuff with a negative annotation with you guys we're doing yeah it could be said in a negative annotation so these guys who's there robbing the store that you're robbing you know tries try to do something also lawless as well like yeah i mean that's <laughs> but what they, happens but they tried to rape her that goes beyond stealing out of the store 
What level? I mean, like, what we have levels of of of. It's right. It's said in the Bible that if you but, have a white sheet and you spill the? blood on it, one drop versus five drops is all the same. It's a dirty sheet. Oh my! You know what, Buddha? You you know that? What the hell? Are so, we like? Are they worse than them? Is that what we're saying? You don't think rape is worse? I than think rape is horrible. Stealing out. They're not on the same level. I don't know what you're doing while you're stealing. Like, did you did you lock an old lady in her bathroom and steal all her stuff in her room? Just because you ain't rape her, but her ass is still locked in the damn thing and you robbed her for all her shit in her house and cooking her food and she may starve to death. Is that better than rape? I don't like, what? Like, uh, did you down just killed an old lady and made her starve to death? Like, I, what? I, I, what are we saying here? Are These are all semantics. Oh, my God. Like, what I, when you say stealing, that you put it in your mind that, oh, yeah, somebody that walked in the back room and they're just, you know, looking around with shifty eyes and then they like, grab it <laughs> like a McDonald's villain and then just Ugh. run out the room like, oh, it's victimless, quote, unquote. Well, I don't think But if was... you stole somebody's whole food supply, that's more than, that's, but I'm telling you, you're going to have victims. But you think about it, everybody else had evacuated, so nobody was there eating that food. There's obviously some other people that they're still in out of stores, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, somebody's are. there. There was a few people. So that doesn't mean everybody's gone. No, not everybody's gone. There was a few people that stayed, and Zach and Addie was the king and queen of the people that stayed. Yeah, obviously not those queen kings. They they didn't know they were those rulers because they were about to rape their queen. That's what I'm saying. So more than just like two, three people was there is what I'm trying to say. This was no Adam and Eve situation where they was just ruling all the land and naming the animals. Like, get out of here. Like, there was more than just them two that stayed. Lots more. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> So all I'm saying is before we just call them Beyonce and Jay-Z, like, let's just look at the whole scope of what's going on of you are in a country that's not been flooded over, in a state that's not been flooded over. So, you know, there's still laws and, and mm-hmm. there's infrastructure and diplomacy and, and economics. And you are in a city that has been tragedized <laughs> and you guys are prospering off this tragedy. That's all I'm saying. Like, let's look, let's like come back, like to back of what this real, what y'all really is. Yeah, I know it seems kind of body and Clyde esque, but it's just it's on some on some real ass. Like I said, Borderlands, Off World, name one of those uh, abandoned movie type of deals where you guys saw that as a, a moment that this was the world now, mm-hmm. and it clicked that you guys could live here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny that you said that because. You know, what said in the research that, you know, they completely, because, you know, Hurricane Katrina was horrible. A lot of people did die, but they was completely oblivious to, like, the people that had got hurt and died. They All they saw was their little community that they had. Mm-hmm. That's so, what I'm like, saying. Like, you guys folded into this world. Yeah. And be- believed in your own mind, almost, it mm-hmm. seems, that this was life forever. Yeah. And uh, not only that, you were happier here yeah. than when they come back to try and actually bring it back to civilization. Yeah. And, quote unquote save the city. In your mind you don't want it to be saved. Yeah. You want it to stay like this. See you're see you're getting ahead of me because I'm already about to cover that. That's crazy. Girl, I'm just, that's just like you a lot of there. I'm there yeah. mentally in this movie, girl. I'm mean, I'm watching this one. This one's watching juicy, the scenes huh? Scenes unfold. Yeah. That not took psychology, so I'd be just, you know, watching people's personalities. I'm crazy. <laughs> so of course this whole time they're they're doing a lot of drugs. They're using Coke, they're drinking, they're smoking a lot. You know, now during this time, though, eventually the army was brought in for peacekeeping and for search and rescue. 
So there was hundreds of soldiers that was brought in and this triggered Zach's PTSD. So this brought back everything that happened to him when he was in the military, in the army. And Addie, I forgot to mention, Addie is bipolar. And because of this storm and everything that was going on, she hadn't been fulfilling her prescription either. So you telling me she wasn't taking her medication she, while she was out robbing and pillaging? <laughs> no, she wasn't. She just stopped. And mm, this was mm, a bad mm. thing too, which is, you know, a lot of people that needed medications and stuff, of course they couldn't get the pharmacies destroyed, you know? So this, I mean, the pharmacy probably not. I, I bet you Walgreens is still there. <laughs> you didn't decide to go bust into Walgreens and get your medication. <laughs> You want to go get big screens and have sex on the lawn and get bikinis. Hell no. And Gucci pants. <laughs> that's what you went for. Oh but you could have went into Walgreens and CVS. I bet you that's out there. I, I just... uh, But you ain't want to break into CVS and get your meds. <laughs> <laughs> you could have had a, a year's supply. Damn, I didn't even think about that. You should never run out of aspirin. They're still there. Oh, you're right. Why well, she didn't get her meds? Target's there too. God damn it. They got yeah. a whole ass pharmacy. What would be the first thing? What would you take if it was the apocalypse like this? Like, what's the first thing you would go in there and take? Because I know what I would Guns. Take. Guns? Gun- I'm trying to get every gun I can get my hands on. Oh, I'm going in the Chanel store. And then I'm going to sit there and put that underneath uh, a shed so nobody even knows I had the oh, shit. Oh, God. And then I'm going to be a, a dealer. Like, I'm a hire armed man and I'm going to sell weapons and I'm going to become the new America. But no, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but, no, but other than that, um, I think... Uh, uh, I think for me, I would Water. do. All, I think I would do all the high end stuff like Chanel and Tiffany's, like all like the diamonds and stuff. Oh, that's mine. You know what's right the funny thing? I, the funny thing is, I always thought about it. I'd go to like car lots. I'd want to go get yes, like monster trucks. I'd want to go get like one of the <laughs> coolest, biggest. I couldn't afford motherfucking vehicle what ever. The, for and what? Because once it's over, I'm gonna tell them that was always mine. <laughs> So when everybody started to come back in, you right, like, y'all start fixing civilization, be like that Rolls Royce, that Bentley, all oh, that was mine. That Maserati, yeah, that was mine. <laughs> I had that before the storm, right. goddamn it! Don't you take my Bugatti? And you know all the paperwork then got destroyed, so they right, that no it's been destroyed. That's what happened. It's credit flood. <laughs> now you hear me? These are mine. <laughs> the Bugatti is mine. The, the Maserati, the Lamborghini, all twelve of these goddamn cars. They mines, goddamn it. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm I, 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 I thinking about. That I was like, boy, I would go get all the high end, super deep duper ass cars. <laughs> I don't care if you see me on paperwork working at McDonald's for the past twelve years, bitch. I bought these. <laughs> They're mine. <laughs> oh, that's a so good. when civilization comes back, what's what I'm rolling in while I'm in my apartment? Yeah, for real. I yeah. roll it in some floss. <laughs> you know, there's always a hater. Like, how did this guy all of a sudden get like twelve luxury cars? I'd be like insurance. <laughs> I found my insurance paperwork. I'm a lot of all y'all though. Like, you don't need to know. <laughs> I love it. And so the military came back, and because the, the mayor actually has sent the military in, because the mayor wanted to start rebuilding the city. So part of that was evacuating everybody so that the city could get rebuilt. Well, Zach and Addie, they was like, we're not leaving. Like, this is our rights. They protested and they still stayed there. I'd have left. I'd have had a mobile home and all type of stuff. I'd be like, well, fine. Bam, bam. I'd have been bumping with mobile homes and on racks and trailers. <laughs> These are mine. Just driving out. <laughs> fine. Man. I'm leaving. I wonder... Now I'm wondering with the banks, do you think the money was still all in there? Because I would have took all that money out the bank. Well, the funny thing is that's one of the main reasons that banks aren't like that anymore. Uh, most of those deposit boxes are holding people's other valuables that they may have and have. But a lot of times 
That's why they have, you know, like mints. Mm-hmm. And they have, uh, I was about to work at one. It was well, those places where they do the card, the money transportation. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of times, there's not that much money actually in at the, the bank. bank yeah. But I would just take what's there because they got to have something for when people come up. Like, hey, let me get $300 out of my account. They got to have something I mean, you know, there. Part of you is a genius for that. That's what part I'm thinking. Because if you go to everybody's cause, line and you would take. I mean, because, yeah, because you will. But I mean, like at the time, they probably didn't think about that because yeah. during high tragedy, money loses all value. Yeah. Like but, that dollar yeah. is actually not gonna get you jack crap, right? Yeah. But if you were anticipating, like I was anticipating, like the anticipating, like I anticipate y'all because I'd be like, we're still in America. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna, gonna come move, back, right? Right. I'm not gonna let this end. Yeah. So that's why I, that's why I did that car thing. Uh-huh. I'd be like, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. I swear, you must have read untraceable. this. Untraceable. Well, that well, dollars are traceable. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the money at the bank is traceable. So if the you spend it, they'll be a, like... Yeah, each yeah. one of them got a number. Yeah. So they'll be like, you obviously got this while the storm happened. Yes, because yeah. they'll know it was from the bank. Yeah. They do know when the money is in the bank. They register every dollar. Well, I swear, you must have read this case beforehand, because I'm just about to go over what you just said. Girl, no. I can just see, I can just see like... <laughs> I can, Like I said, I was in the, in the non-glorification of it all. Is just see the reality of something of a personality that seeming like it's, it's happy in a tra- tragic environment. Yeah. Well, because everybody, so basically the city started getting rebuilt and slowly people was able to start coming back in. So when people started coming back in, Zach and Eddie, they thought that was better than them because they had stayed there the whole time. So they like turned their nose up at everybody. They was like, huh, you guys evacuated? You know, it was like one of those kind of things. Like, right. you know, they, they wanted to continue living lawless as well. They did. And they was like, and they did not. And it's funny how you just said that because they didn't want things to get back to normal and they didn't want to have to pay bills. They was like, everything's going to get back to normal. Like, so it was just really hard for them to adjust, you know, after this. I mean, and then if you think about it, mm-hmm. you're trying to rebuild and which is taking a lot of financing it's taking a lot of government uh, grants it's taking a lot of things where there's insurance and people that have done every season and paperwork yeah. that actually kept it going a lot of money is being handed out a lot of money is needing to be put in jobs oh, yeah. and all that stuff and you're bohemian yeah like oh I used it right correctly yeah, you but did. you're bohemian yeah. and you was even in that time was living the epitome of, well, that's why I was like, now that's bohemian. You guys burning shit down and pillaging all that's bohemian. Yeah. So, so when society came back, you went lower than what you were. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, huh? At least he was like, you know, a guy that got a part-time kind of job and you had friends that you could live on couches. Yeah. And you was known to kind of get belligerent when you were drunk. Yeah. But now you're a, you guys have stooped yourself into a whole different mindset. Yeah. That's like true anarchist, like outlander. Yeah. Or you are not in the same mentality as, mm. as us. You're almost, you're almost... You're almost on some third world stuff. I'm not even being funny. Yeah. Like, all you would need is to have a tarp over your private parts. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you guys really be in that time period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> that's why I was saying it's just interesting when I was saying it, like, to see that you guys was comfortable. Yeah. When, when I've heard, because my, 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 my girl, mm-hmm. I, I'll say that loosely because we're going through some things, but, but, but she has family in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. I personally know she was born in Louisiana. Yeah, I personally know people in Louisiana, and nobody out of that tragic said that it was a good thing. Right. Nobody said nothing positive. No, there was nothing that positive that ever that I've that heard. Shit. So that's right. why I was like, that's interesting for you to tell me this person. Yeah. These two people loved it. Yeah. When I've heard thousands of people that mm-hmm. 
never says anything positive about yeah. Kanye's reaction. No, nothing. I mean, I, this when I heard this story, this is the first time I heard people say that they loved it because everybody, this was the worst thing that ever happened to them. That's why it stood out to me. Yeah. So basically, after society started coming back and everybody started coming back, they started fighting all the time. <clears throat> now, this whole time, remember Lana and his kids, they had evacuated. So he hadn't even been talking to his kids or anything. And at one point, his... his I wasn't even worried about it. Mm-mm. And she actually had said that she was worried about him. She thought that he had died or something because he stayed back. That's how long it was since he talked to them, you know? He probably hadn't shaved. He looking like Tom. Lana did finally get in touch with them, you know, and she wanted to meet Addie because she wanted to see who was going to be around, you know, her kids, you know, when she finally did come back. So, you know, Zach was like, I want to start finally seeing my kids and everything like that. So they get an apartment, they get a place together and, you know, Lana started letting the kids come over there and Addie was all happy about being a stepmother. But then when they got over there, she wasn't a good stepmother at all. I mean, she wouldn't interact with them. She would get drunk. She would lock them out of the bedroom with her and Zach. So, you know, she would just keep him in the bedroom and just have the kids out there. She just wasn't good to the kids at all. Wow. Yeah. And she started telling him that when the kids came over, they would have to go to a hotel because she just didn't feel like dealing with them because she was having a mental health break. Like she was bipolar. Then she's doing a lot of drugs and she just, you know, she was at this point going over the deep end. Zach at this point is going over the deep edge too because he has PTSD, he is having mental health and then they're arguing all the time. So you have both of these mental health crises and they're together so it's bound to boil over, right? And people that both need serious mental Mm -hmm. assistance. Absolutely. So in 2006, all they ever did was party, do drugs, get into fight. Most of them was just verbal fights but some of them was physical. They would constantly break up, get back together, break up, get back together and in 2006, it got so bad that Addie actually got arrested because after one of the fights, she stormed out on the street with a gun in her hand and then she just pointed the gun at a random guy on the street because she was mad at Zach. So she was arrested for that. So this is how much it was escalating. This is how much she was probably doing that before it was being recorded. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to tell you. You're mm-hmm. like, robbery's not bad, but you don't, you don't know what type of robbery. Was it armed robbery and this random old guy she's walking down the street she's mad at Zach? <laughs> yeah, right. And is just, that as bad as rape? Well, is that is you talking about? You like I said, if you go into a house and you mad at Zach and you beat on the old ass lady and rob uh, her for all her food and she ends up dying because you don't know how to well, get I mean, resources for herself. Obviously, that's as bad as rape. I mean, but, that's I, on the but same. you don't know. But that's what I'm saying. You don't know what constitutes the whole thing of robbery. She just pulled a gun on a man walking down the street because she mad at somebody. <laughs> I mean, he could have got shot in the face. Oh, for no reason though, because he was just a random guy. Imagine a ra- somebody just points a gun at you randomly. And yelling about their boyfriend. Yeah. And you just like, you, all you're going to be doing is, you're right. Of course you're right. He's an asshole. Yeah. Whatever he's doing. And I like his shoes. Yeah. Like, you like, what, what? And you probably, you are terrified you about to get shot in the face. Mm-hmm. Why are you going to the grocery store? Like, I'm never going to the liquor store again, girl. You better go get your own damn shots. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, what? That's uh-huh. so why I'm like, like, where do we, where do we draw this line? Mm-mm. It's all bad. So of course, you know, because after this argument, Zach didn't want to. Zach didn't post her bell, so her friends actually had to get her out. So she kept leaving, moving in with her friends. It was just a big mess. They would like move out of each other's place, go back, 
Uh, so during this time, Zach, he was very open with exploring his sexuality. He was actually bisexual and he had came out as bisexual. So, oh. yeah. So he started actually having an affair on her with a man. Oh. And, but he didn't consider it cheating because him and Addie was always so on and off, you know, that he was like, you know, he's just exploring his sexuality and he's going to be with somebody else right now. I'm not completely hating on him on that. Mm-hmm. I do have a theory. What's the theory? The whole thing, and I've learned it from my preacher mother too, mm-hmm. is <clears throat> if you're not sexing your man, mm-hmm. don't worry about who is. Mm-hmm. And it goes both ways. It's, but I, she, she said it for the man thing. And I feel like, you know, it's the same thing for a girl. And, you know, if, if I'm in a relationship, mm-hmm. and I, it's just for me, when I be hearing people be like, and we ain't had sex in four years. God, Whoa. I don't even understand. Right, that's Whoa. crazy. To me, after year one or two, maybe month one or two, let's just keep it real. It's not cheating no more. Because I'm not going to go have sex with you anyway, so there's nothing to be cheated you don't get works. cheated out of anything yeah because you ain't getting nothing yeah i do wonder how that's worked because even so what's your take on like married couples right of course like you said the sexual part goes but you're still like legally married so are you still like not cheating because you're not getting girl because it's, Cause it's I, uh, that's where that hard gray line but if you own that marriage and y'all have not had nothing going on months and it's a struggle to try and get it going on. Mm. I don't know. What's going that relationship on? isn't a marriage in the first place off top. It's more like a friendship at this point. Right. You guys are co-parenting. Yeah. You coexisted. Oh. So you guys aren't, but it's just, it's become so tangled in being in a marriage of trying to figure out where it is and how this is going to end and, and the process of it ending. Yeah. And yeah. Then it becomes this real mm-hmm. it's awkward. difficulty. It's very, yeah on when is it acceptable for me to interact with somebody? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Like, is it after, I don't know, five months of no sex? But it, I don't know. What's right. the time frame no, that? That's why I'm like, if there's no intimacy, like, that's something that, I would say, give it the time span. Give it, yeah. like, five months, three months. It has to be something exaggerated like that because of the fact of it has to be understandable. That mm. we have lost this this interaction and touch. Yeah, we've lost that, well, and yeah. that's something that we've both actually. Honestly, it seems like we're accustomed to and fine with it. Mm-hmm. We're fine with not being intimate. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I could try and be like Bruce Willis on on Sixth Sense and be with a woman and live in a whole another room and all the stuff. <laughs> because, oh my God, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know about because once you're in a whole another room, I feel like it's just over. You just don't want to say it's over, but it's over. I mean, it was over before she got to the room. That's yeah. what that's what I'm at. Yeah. Is in truth is you guys wasn't doing stuff for a while, especially looking at how the dynamic is and yeah. you're just gonna just talk to your wife and try and get to know her and all that. <coughs> From another room in your own damn house. Mm-mm. Like, that is a very complicated situation that before you even got to that bedroom, nothing was happening. Yeah. Where... That's ugly, though. For me, unless it's a financial thing, mm-hmm. we single. Yeah. Like, mm-mm. I wouldn't put that on you. I wouldn't have forced you to be in a relationship like that. Mm-hmm. Just like I do not want to have myself in a relationship like that. Yeah. So we are single, we're living in other rooms, and we can do what it is we like. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, we I, Of course you want to date that person because you've been there and there's the person there, but 
It is not. It is like the to me though when you talk about red flags and talk about things that are given, that's one of those things that is blatantly pointed out that you guys don't really want to be with each other. Mm-hmm. That is blatant. That's hella blatant. I wouldn't be like in a relationship with somebody that doesn't want to give me intimacy. You know, right? You guys could coexist. You could be, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's why I was like, I don't want my when I was telling me before when I was telling you before and you thought it was crazy. I was like, I don't want to be my girl to be my friend. <laughs> like I do want her to be my friend. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I do want to be friends with her and I do want to have a deep connection with her and I do think that my, I do believe in soulmates. I do believe in that. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, is because I have like you. Because I have friends that are opposite sex, yeah. because I have friends that I go and I, I can sleep in the bed with, it's crazy, but going to camping trips, and it has happened, not with you yet, but it has happened where I have female friends and I have to end up sleeping beside you, yeah. you know, or I have to end up staying in the same tent, mm-hmm. you know, or we'll, we'll end up be in a work environment. We end up having to stay in the whole same, I wouldn't say hotel room, yeah. but we yeah. end up staying in the same areas, and you're like watching out for me, like, Kalei, stay away from that girl, she ain't nothing but trouble. Like, and I've had people that call themselves my job-wise. Yeah. I've never done nothing with them. Yeah. But it's it's that interaction that I know that I can have with somebody of the opposite sex where I partition my mind where I'm not thinking of you sexually. Yeah. So if you as my spouse make the mistake of of jumping into that partition, it becomes a complicated dance. It's like a person, a woman that's a mother. Yeah. You know, it's hard to be a mother and be nasty at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm. So you, if you partition your mind and able to be around the opposite sex and not be sexual with them and be around them for hours at a time, watching movies, laying on each other, leaning on each other, falling asleep in each other's lap, it does happen. Yeah. But you guys are actually just friends. Yeah. Then how do I partition that when we're doing, I'm doing the exact same thing with somebody I'm supposed to be intimate with, but we're not being intimate. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. You, you're confusing your own in, inner mind. Mm-hmm. Well, when Addie found out about his relationship with this man, she lost her mind. She was calling him all kinds of homo- homophobic slurs, including the F word. I won't say it because everybody knows what the F word is, you know, but she was just saying some horrible things to him. And now Zach got it. Why are you looking at me like Cause that? Because you cussed on this show so many dogs. No, oh, but it's oh. a slur. Oh, because yeah. of you. Yeah, because you're part of the LGBT community. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I figured it out. It's the, just and not that F word that we always use. Right. The, 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 like the F word. I, I say the good F word. That's the good F word. That's the good F word? Yes, but she was calling him the bad F word. The bad F word. Right. I am learning things Yeah. Today. <laughs> 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 so... So basically at this point, Zach, you know, he starts working a lot because he has to pay Lana child support. Of course, he's trying to take care of his kids. And Addie realized she's not working a lot at this time. So she doesn't have a lot of money. And she realizes that life is going to be super hard financially without Zach. And she was like, you know what? I think I need to, you know, get it together. Because now at this point, he's the one with the money and I don't have any money. And so what she does is she kind of cozies back up to him, even though she's still mad about, you know, the whole guy situation. And she's like, she talks him into getting her an apartment. And she was like, why don't we get, you know, a place together? You know, we put our names on the lease, right? She didn't have any money. So she talked him into getting a new place at 826 North Rampart Street, which this is where the museum is now. This is the infamous apartment that we're going to talk about. He paid all of the deposit, you know, to move in. So they signed the lease together. 
They're in there, you know, like I said, they was only in there for a few days. And secretly, Addie goes down to the landlord and she tells the landlord to take Zach's name off the lease. So there's several, I couldn't really get the story straight because I talked to several people mm-hmm. about this. There's, um, there's one theory and I won't go over it. I already see how that murder coming. Right. I, I won't go over this. Uh, several exes got threatened to be murdered. Uh, now this, I won't go over because there's a rumor going around, but I, there's too much, there's too much, there's too much inconsistency with this part of the story. So I don't want to put something out there, especially since the landlord is still alive and stuff. But what I will say is, the other story is that she went down there, asked to take the name off the lease. He was like, you guys need to work it out, you know, and he eventually just took her name off the lease. You know what I mean? So he, I mean, took his, to... I'm sorry, took his name off the lease. Well, there was, there was stuff. Some, obviously by your comment, by your tone well, I don't and your put, insinuation, I don't it sounds put... like there's some sexual annotation or something that was undertone well, this... done to coerce him. Well, this, well, this is because I talked to some people in New Orleans who knew about the situation and some people said that it went that way because you know you really can't take somebody's name off the lease supposedly without them taking it off so there but i don't like to put rumors out there because that hasn't been confirmed because one person said that happened the other person said the landlord would not have been interested in her because the landlord is actually gay so that's why i was like i don't but can want you legally from what you know in california uh-huh but this is new orleans a, though uh, okay this is louisiana so i don't know that law though. so you think that so i don't know maybe in another state you can come up as a different person yeah. and take somebody's name off of a lease. So that's what I don't know. Like, like I said, when I talk to people, that everybody has their different theories of what happened. But for the sake of this story, because either way it goes, Zach's name got taken off that lease. Right. But I don't know how it happened. I don't. And you saying it didn't. Of course, but I mean, we do, we'll just need to Google. Yeah. yeah. Louisiana law that mm-hmm. answers all the questions. Yeah. We'll Google. Because if by law you cannot. Yeah. Just walk up and take somebody else's name off the lease without mm-hmm. them being present. Right. There has to have been something that had to coerce you. Something, right. So, we, you know, we don't know. Like, I don't want to put that out that's there. Just, that's just Google. Yeah. Let's that's, just... We will know soon. Yeah. As soon as I can finish the show, I'll just Google the law of love Louisiana. Google the law. But I but, feel like it may be the same legal yeah. rights of anybody who has a well, place. I mean, like, that means that if you stand with your girlfriend mm-hmm. and you go out to get a burger, she can go and take your ass off the lease and yeah. you come back in your own house. And that's and all the thing. And all your property is hers. Yeah. So that doesn't sound like that would be that something That don't sound like, on. right. So, but I don't want to put it out there as far as the sexual aspect of it because it could be like maybe he just, you know, took the name off the lease. I don't, that's why there's this, this is the only part that's kind of blurred lines. And like I said, because he's still alive and because he still owns the place, I don't necessarily want to put something out there that may or may not be true, you know what I mean? And put that on his name. But we'll just say for the sake of the story, his name got hurt, his name got taken off the lease. See what I mean? But like I said, yeah. the, I wouldn't say it's sexual, but there was some form of coercion. Something, yeah. You had to have said, did, or proven something. Yeah, something happened. That he, that he would go ahead and put himself mm-hmm. on legal liability mm-hmm. uh, to take the lease out. Because, I mean, after it was all investigated, what then, I mean, maybe you'll bring it up, but yeah. did, did, the, did the rental association talk to him, homeowners association talk to him about how he legally handles? Because it's obviously documented mm-hmm. that you are taking somebody off the lease without them present. Yeah. So did they talk to him? Well, unfortunately, that part I don't know. That part, we don't really hear. I mean, we'll hear about the landlord one more time in the story, but it won't be in depth like that. Right. So, so as a landlord, I don't mm-hmm. know if I'd even put that out as public information either. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Even if I was coerced sexually. Yeah. Would you say that publicly? No, you can't do that. You see what I'm I mean, saying? Yeah. 
Well, so we'll say, so his name got taken off the lease and she actually kicked him out. Now, what really happened was he had already paid, you know, the deposit. He had paid the rent to move in. And on top of that, he was supposed to get his kids that weekend. So when she did that, he didn't have nowhere to take his kids. So when she was kicking him out, they ended up arguing all night and it ended with him strangling her to death. So that's how that happened. I mean, that's justice yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry this man paid for everything and he has his kids and he put every, uh, all the stuff is in his name and somehow the person that's paying that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying like what I'm, mm-hmm. I'm surprised the landlord still owns the property because what legal grounds did you have right because if he did not kill himself it would have been like a slam dunk yeah on him owning this property mm-hmm. yeah because how how did that happen and, and especially if he has the receipts and like I said, do you obviously have the documentation that he's, he shows evidence that he's paid all of this yeah. out of his own pocket. Mm-hmm. How do you take the payer out? See, and that's the one thing I don't know. That that part is the only blurry part about this whole story. How the hell did his game get taken off that lease? Right, because let me tell you something. I have sat here and got cars and I, was helping, I, I will cash out girls if it comes down to, to being some great stuff. I like spoiling a girl. But I would tell you the truth. I'm not. I'm not gonna cash out. Hell, big. God damn it. I'm not just a ghost. <laughs> but what I would tell you is, I have sat here and been joint with somebody together, and we got a car in a girl's name. But my card was on every payment. Mm. And let me tell you, when that shit came down to it, and I was just like, "Hey, I want this and that from this car that I've been the one paying." They look at that. They look at that, huh? They look at where the payments came from and see every payment came from me. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, just a little bit, and then I'm going to come back to where we were. Because remember, he just strangled her out, right? Oh, man. So she's dead. I, I ain't going to lie. That, she had it coming. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, because it was mental health was at issue at both play. But remember when I I introduced her to the story, I said she has a, a foul mouth. Like she knows how to push people's buttons and she knows how to do things. Right. And so it's like drink and bother and antagonistic. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it sounds like he started to be crazy enough. started to be functional. Mm-hmm. He was back working. Mm-hmm. Taking, doing stuff for his children, paying bills and stuff like that. He yeah, was, and enough to where he's paying yours now. Yeah, yeah. So he <coughs> I was mean, kinda, sheesh. he was getting used to the whole. Let me be his girlfriend. <laughs> uh, he is paying his own bills and your bills and getting your place, and you his ex. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Women, stop scarring, good man. That is a that like in the paperwork. That's a good man right there. A man yeah. that's taking care of his ex. Yeah. And, and she ain't even got kids. Well, you know, and the crazy thing is like, you know, they had, I think he had surpassed that whole survivalist, like living. I think he was really, like you said, Yeah, that's what I'm track. trying to say. Like he came back and been on track and he was giving you a start. He wasn't going to sit here and pay it forever is what it even sound like, but yeah. he paid for your start and your deposit and all yeah. that and make sure you're well. I think it's still having sex, of course. Mm-hmm. It's what it sound like. He was even chorused. Yeah. But, you're, you're doing something to yeah. pay my, your own bills and somebody else's. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get get to Octo- um, October 17, 2006. A guest at the Omni Hotel, by the way, shout out to Nico because I went to the Omni Hotel. So I actually saw the place that this happened at. And basically what happened was they saw a man's body on the roof outside the parking garage after hearing a thud. 
So, of course, this person called the front desk who called the police and it was Zach Bowen. He had jumped from the roof of the hotel and he landed five stories down in a parking garage. So the police got there. They surveyed the scene and they found that he had died on impact. In his pocket, though, there was a Ziploc bag and it had his army dog tags and also they had a note folded up. Now, the reason he had put the note in the Ziploc bag because he had anticipating kind of like splattering and he didn't want the note to be ruined Mm -hmm. when he jumped. The note said for police only. This is what the note said. The note said, this is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one I took. If you send a patrol car to 826 North Rampart, Rampart, you will find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend, Addie, in the oven, on the stove, and in the fridge, and a full signed confession for myself. It also told them to call the landlord, Leo Watermeyer, to let them in the apartment, and it was signed Zach Bowen. Now, according to one of his friends, this is what happened. He had left the home with about $20 worth of coke because he had went to his friend's house first before he did this. $20 ain't a lot of coke. Yeah, but well, this was what he had left because he had actually been snorting coke like the whole weekend. So we'll find out in his confession how much like what was really going on. So the hotel security tapes, you know, saw the Omni's rooftop bar. He was drinking from about 4 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. that day. He opened a tab and it just got to be real. Like he was drinking so much. He was throwing them back. He was ordering every kind of drink. It didn't matter what kind of drink. Cause I think he was trying to get up the nerve to kill himself. And it got to the point to where the bartender was even really worried because she was at some point trying to figure out, should she cut him off? Should she not cut him off? Because he kept, as he was drinking, he kept going over to the railing and looking over and then he would go back, order another drink. And then this was like a whole thing from like four to eight 30. He just kept doing that. And so she remembered at one point that she didn't see him no more. This was right before he jumped off and she was worried. She was like, well, he opened a tab, but did he like run out and like not pay? Like she didn't know where he had went. And so they saw a blue drink. It was like, you know, like that blue hurricane drink that was sitting. This was before they found his body. It was sitting kind of by the ledge from where he flung himself over. And so she remembered only one person that whole night had ordered that kind of drink and it was his. And it turned out he had flew himself over. He flung himself over the rail at about 8.30 p.m. You know, so finally he got the nerve up and he just went ahead and threw himself over. So the police gets this note And they get to the address at North Rampart Street and they get there at about 10 p.m. They ask the landlord to let him into Zach's apartment. So they do, you know, and this is what they find when they get into that apartment. And this is the infamous apartment, the one that I was saying that I went to go visit. First of all, there was trash all over the floor. There was alcohol bottles, beer bottles, a whole bunch of like every kind of trash you can imagine was. They on left the floor. it as is. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they just left it on the floor. Obviously, when they was arguing or whatever. But th- this is why I skipped ahead a little bit because he had actually lived in the house for like probably like a, a, a few days after he killed her. So this is what I'm about to get into. What right did he do with his kids? His kids wasn't there at this time. Remember, he was supposed to get the kids that weekend, but he hadn't gotten them yet. He killed her, you know, and so I'm about to get into his step-by-step after what happened when he killed her. Mm. So there was the AC blasting. He has turned the AC all the way up to like preserve her body. The walls had black spray painted walls, which said, 
So the walls had these black spray painted words on it. And they said, call Lana Bowen. And it had her phone number, which was his wife. And he, it said, I loved her. Total failure. Help me stop the pain. I'm sorry I couldn't finish. Look in the oven. Like this is all over the walls that he had spray painted. Hmm. So they look in the oven and the weird thing is, it said, don't look, which was spray painted on the front of the oven. But they look in the oven and inside the oven, there was a tinfoil line pan and it had a set of charbroiled feet and arms and legs. And then in a pot on the stove were like hands. And then in a bigger gumbo pot on the stove, there was a woman's severed head. This was Addie's head. So... The New York Post put Yale Pale Gumbo Torso wrapped in a garbage bag in the refrigerator. That's what that's what the New York Post said. <laughs> they was like basically like talking about the gumbo. So along with this, they found an eight-page confession that was written in the last page of Addie's journal. And this is where he's going to tell exactly what happened after he strangled her out. He said, she stole the apartment. She tried to kick me out. She would not shut the fuck up. So I very calmly strangled her to death. It was very quick. He said then after he did this, he had sex with the body and then he had to figure out what to do with her body. He couldn't figure out what to do with the body right away. So he went in the room. He went to sleep. Then he woke up the next morning and he went to sleep with again with her dead body still, you know, there in the living room where he had strangled her out. He then went to work and he told his co-workers that him and Addie had broke up for good and they was never going to get back together again. He went and he visited some friends. And this is after he's already with somebody else. The guy, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he went, he visited some friends. Then he dragged her in the bathroom and in the tub and he started dismembering her with a knife and a hacksaw. So he chopped her off her hands, her feet, her head. He put her head in the oven after giving it a haircut. He charred most of the body because, you know, he just, he thought that this was going to be a way to get rid of her. Now, he didn't eat her or anything. This wasn't about him eating her, but he did, like, cook her. And then he said he got really tired. He got drunk. And then he turned the stove off and he filled the bathtub with water. And then he passed out. And then he said that he was on and off for the weekend. He, he needed to get more and more done. So he chopped her up throughout the weekend. He spent most of the weekend coked up and in various bars. And he slept with a lot of different women during that time. Then he called Lana and he wanted her to bring his kids to his job at the grocery store. Because at this point, he had two jobs at the grocery store and a bar. He gave her $600 for child support. And then after he saw his kids that Sunday night, he went home and he sawed off the rest of the legs and the arms. He put them in the roasting pan. He cut the oven on. Then he went to sleep. And then he said when he woke up, he said it stank really bad in the apartment. He just said it was a horrible smell in the apartment. So he cut the oven off. He went to work. And one of the neighbors remember seeing that the bathroom light was on all night, you know, and they thought that was weird. And on Sunday night that one of the neighbors who had a friend over who was a doctor, they were outside eating dinner because this is a little patio area that you could sit outside like a communicative area. And they smelled a horrible smell, but they just didn't know like what it was or where it was coming from. So three days later, Zach came home from work and he said the smell was even more horrible. So halfway through the task, he's like doing all this charring her body, still cutting her up. He thought about what he was doing. And that's when he turned the air conditioning all the way up because he was like, he, 
wants to preserve the body because it stank so bad up in there at that point. And he just left the whole thing there. And then he went to different strip clubs. He slept with a lot of women. He spent about $1,500 on Coke and alcohol. And then he called his wife and tried to get back with her. And she was like, no, that ship has sailed. Like you're tripping. So she didn't want to get back with him. He went home. Why did they break up? Remember the, so the wife broke up with him after he left the military and she was like, yeah. Oh, that wife. Yeah. I thought he found a new one by then. Uh-uh, no. Oh. Yeah, no, it was that same wife, Lana, with the one that had the kids. Uh. So after that, he went home, he burnt himself 28 times with a cigarette, and then he wrote down everything that he felt like he had failed at. Military, friends, job, marriage, love, relationship. And that's when he spray painted the walls. And that's when he went and he jumped off the Omni Hotel. Lana was informed of the death and was shocked because he actually used to take her and the kids to the Omni Hotel because they had a pool and it was really nice. So that was like a little date night for the kids and, and you know, them. And Friends was really shocked. I mean, they knew that Zach and Addie argued a lot, but they never thought that it would go to this level. And yeah, so that is actually the story of Zach and Addie. Well, it sounds like he was a victim of a woman that manipulated. Uh, she's a manipulator. And he didn't feel like he could mentally be more savvy. Mm-hmm. than her to get out of the situation they had put herself into. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I heard earlier in the story how she the water the relationship of what, what they were was watered down and supposedly they were just friends but this man is writing letters mm-hmm. of how you know his interaction is going in journals so it wasn't just that so same thing of going back to that landlord being coerced mm-hmm uh-huh. And manipulated, he he's he's a victim of that as well. Uh-huh. Um, he is somebody who is not a hundred percent. I wouldn't say, and it's okay. It's okay to not be the smartest guy. Uh-huh. I'm not. You know, I, did I get tested? You know, in school like everybody else? Uh-huh. Yes. And was I above average intelligence? Yes. But was I a genius? No. Yeah. And, you know, that was a hard pedal for myself. But I'm just trying to put myself in there to help you guys understand where I'm saying any of this shit from. I'm not just going to... It becomes weird when you always be like, and, and I have a friend, and I have a friend, and I have a friend. Yeah. So it just becomes, you just seems like you're making up these stories. Some of them are friends, some of them are me. Um, Because it's the truth. Yeah. Uh, But I was a person that was tested and was not super intelligent. So I understand, I became a person that understood, like, some things are playing out, some things are don't. Mm-hmm. And some people will outsmart me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's okay. It's yeah. really okay to not be the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. If you think of the smart, if you think, I've learned this from a wise man, and I studied a lot of wise men fables, because I wanted to get smarter when I found I wasn't smart. <laughs> I wanted to be smarter, so I studied a lot of smart man stuff. Um, <laughs> But... If you think you're the smartest person in the room, then you're usually the dumbest. Mm-hmm. Um, someone's always going to be smarter than you. Mm-hmm. Male or female. Now, that's a hard pill to swallow for a man. Mm-hmm. To meet a woman who's smarter than you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially if you meet a woman who's bent on manipulating... And this is your same bohemian person. Yeah. Is, I'm, I'm done with using that word now. <laughs> I'm going to just say I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the ride. 
Uh, I do not like beating things to death and overusing it. Like if you play a song, if I if you put a song on the radio and I change to the next station, the same song's on. I vow to myself I won't listen to that song for a year. Really? I don't care what yeah. song it is. If I find it on two stations at the same time, I don't listen to it. Mm. I just don't don't beat me to death for nothing. Yeah. Don't force me to like anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to beat that to death. But I will say is that, hey, you chose this outlook. He had this mentality of wanting to do stuff for you. He wasn't smarter than you. Mm. As a woman, I don't care. And some people are, you know, different levels of where they're going to be in life. But that doesn't mean they're not intelligent. Right, right. So some hood girls, even though you may be this big man, and this is what kind of scares some people as big business owners, Mm -hmm. you may beat this hooker. And she is very, very clever. Yeah. And almost on some, on, on some, um, on some, on, what's his name? Not James Bond. Not, um, the famous detective. The famous detective. Oh, um, uh, Sherlock Holmes? Sherlock Holmes. Let, let me tell you. And I've met, I've met, I've met pimps and hood guys that have deductions on some Sherlock Holmes level. It is crazy. Oh. Where you'd be like, wow, you just went to jail and you just this average guy, but you are, you deduce. Yeah. And that's what even Sherlock Holmes said. He didn't say it was intelligent. He said it's the process of deduction. <laughs> and whatever is the improbable must be, however, whatever, if you take out all the things that are probable, whatever is left, however improbable, must be probable. Yeah. Like, he's the person that came up with that self-verified of his own intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't go to college for that. hmm You see what I'm saying? So when you meet people that you believe that you should be able to work and coerce, and I believe that's what happened with him. Yeah. And she outthought him and outmanipulated and outpathed him in every way when he met that limiting point that he didn't know how to get out of it because she won. Yeah. She got your name off the lease. She got everything. She got everything. She got all the stuff you put in the house. That's what I'm saying. Is yeah. When you say take your name off the lease, that depth yeah. of everything in that house belongs to them too now. Yeah. And you know, it's the crazy thing. Unless you have a receipt. Yeah. Well, it's a crazy thing because that brings you to what my tour guide, one of my tour guides, Nico said, that knows a lot about this story. He said, people don't kill themselves when they're at their lowest point. And I said, he said they kill themselves when typically they've been at their lowest point and they've come out of it and they see that they could get back to their lowest point again. So in this case, remember he had already been homeless after he broke up with Lana, his first wife. Right. And then she takes his name off the lease and he's looking back like, I'm, I've lost everything. He can't, he doesn't know. Yeah. He tried to boil and cook and do all that stuff to try and figure out how to get out of the crime. Right. But he did not know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, damn. That's, that's why yeah. he confessed everything. That's why, because he can't, yeah, because he tried to cook her. He can't cook her down to ash. So, so when he realized he couldn't cook her, mm-hmm. and that he couldn't cook her down to ash, it was that, it's still his impulse of the crime. Mm-hmm. It's the same, when he even said that she wouldn't stop talking to crazy. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know how to word it. Is the whole thing is she probably, he was probably being a normal person who was like, 
oh, don't, I will fuck you up and I'll do this and, and don't, don't, you can't take that from me. And, you know, he came over to the house and was saying that stuff. And she probably was basically like, yeah, you can't do that with cops will, uh, cops will arrest you. You can't, what you gonna do, punk? What you oh, gonna do? Cause yeah. you can't do that and you can't do this and you ain't do that. And I did. Yeah, I did take it. What you gonna do? Like it was on some more likely yeah. of that of drawn to that uh, epitome of the situation. Yeah, that's so true. Because everything writes out. Yeah. Like a guy who was scorned and then trying to go back to his ex. Yeah. Everything writes out of a guy who was scorned mm-hmm. trying to, what he felt like being a good to a woman who played him. Yeah. And he got out manipulated in every way where he was just really going to have to walk away with an L. Oh, yeah. So he was going to walk away. By, like I yeah. said, somehow... Mm-hmm. A landlord agreed to relinquish all of your property that you bought in that house, right? And the property that you paid for, and give it to somebody else, and now legally you have no leg to stand on with that. Damn, that's how like it was within that four days, and it all sounds plausible. Yeah, it all sounds like what a lot of guys almost push goes to the level when they meet women like that, right? Want to do? That's wild, and it makes me feel so bad because this case is like. You know, there's a lot of mental health. There's a lot of, there's so many things in this case. And like you said, like he tried to be a good man, but at the end, it's like he lost it all and it was too much. No, you, that's what I'm saying. For me, it's not even the mental health. Like you, we, we try to write it on that, mm-hmm. but he obviously was healthy enough to get himself back into society and be working and be working enough to sit and pay for his bills and yours. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So he wasn't that far gone with his health attitude. It was his interaction with that woman. That deteriorated his. Do you health. think her mental health had a lot to do with it? Because she was bipolar and off her meds. So. Well, yes, well, yeah. definitely of who she is. Yeah. Um, but that is her personality and his interaction. Mm-hmm. She, even though she was off meds, she was, does not seem like she was not a person that was aware, not a, unaware of what it would take to keep herself going. Right. And when you are aware to what it takes to manipulate other people to keep yourself going, mm-hmm. that is what I challenge then. That is there a real difficulty of mental health? It's kind of like, are you Joker? Are you actually super sane? Yeah. And it's just because your movements seem so erratic yeah. and you're doing that purposefully mm-hmm. that we look at you as insane? Yeah. Because this is what it's seeming like is she did not, unless until the day when she got choked out, she was winning in every one of the situations she put herself in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not that her mental disabilities caused anything to have problems for her for these situations, uh, what she wanted to accomplish. She got everything that she wanted to accomplish, yeah. more in which than they, I've never had nobody paying for my own, my place and my apartment. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you obviously are manipulative enough to where I got a whole ass college degree and you can do this and mm-hmm. have a mental capability yeah. to be able to keep up this performance and keep up the things that you needed to do yeah. and follow through with that. No, I feel it 100%. So you're not, not a disabled mental person. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. This case was crazy. This but, this, this but, case was the most cut and dry case yeah. I've ever seen. But I, I love it because it brought me back to my whole New Orleans vibe. So, but... Well, it um, should make you understand, like, hey, be true to a guy and be good to him or you're going to want to train you out. Yeah. Man, don't get choked out, ladies, right? <laughs> so, do you know what we're covering next week? Girl, you asked me well, that. 
Oh yeah. So next week, I think we're gonna have a guest. I'm, I'm gonna double check with him, mm. like you know, as um, hopefully we'll have a guest because his schedule is really crazy. But this is a whole New Orleans vibe, and I've been talking to him, so hopefully he's still able to come on. But if not, we're gonna have a fire ass case. So yeah. Either way, girl, I am down for it. Well, this is great. Well, everyone, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Hot Garbage Show. Make sure you follow us on Facebook. People have really been saying a lot of good comments and stuff like that on the Facebook, on the cases. It's Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. Make sure you follow me on TikTok. It's Author Nisha. And also make sure you send us a Gmail, right? HotGarbageNews at gmail.com. And yeah, you can make sure you keep the ratings and reviews coming. We've been getting some more reviews. So I'm excited about that. Please give us five stars. Right. And if I start another page from this, it's not going to be anything about hot garbage news and murder. So if the page comes within the next year or so, which I've been advised about thinking about doing, thinking about doing. Yeah. Uh, just know that I'm not going to be on there talking about murder. <laughs> so, I don't know. I might talk about some boring stuff like model cars. I don't know. Oh about. my gosh. So Buddha might actually be getting on Instagram or Facebook soon. Girl, I've been asked a good amount. <laughs> I know the fans are tired of just talking to me. So, because I'm the one interacting with them and answering, I'll be like, I'll tell Buddha you said hi. They <laughs> 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 literally have no way to contact you. Girl, because I, I have made that on purpose. I do yeah. not want to be out there. To the man. Yeah, they love me, but I'm sure they want to talk to you too. Right. So I, I for my fans, because you have said that multiple times. Yeah, our listeners love you, Buddha. Maybe we'll bring it less than 5,000. Maybe we'll bring it to 1,000. Oh, and wonderful. And just get me out there. So 1,000 followers on our Instagram, and Buddha's getting a, an Instagram? Is that what you're doing? I Do it for the gram. Yeah. Is that what I'm going to do it for? Isn't this wonderful? <laughs> we'll choose a platform. How about with the voters... We'll choose a platform to get booed on. Oh, should I put that as a poll? Should that be a poll? It'll be a 24-hour poll. Yeah, which which platform should Buddha start first? That Girl, I don't cool. know now because they choose that Trash Pandas and yeah. I didn't see that coming. So I I'll be doing some pandas. wild stuff. That's yes, so you do love Trash Pandas. I was shocked though because I thought a lot of people voted Hot Pandas. Actually, at one point it was 50-50 and then it just went. I don't even know how I got 50-50. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think you rigged this stuff because you did. love you some Trash Pandas. <laughs> and I was like, Trash Pandas? Yes, our listeners are so <laughs> Wonderful trash pandas. <laughs> Girl, I don't know where the panda came from. I definitely see where the trash came from. <laughs> well, anyways, trash pandas, until next week, take care and watch your back out there.